This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure, who are here to make procurement simple. Zero Procure harnesses a network of specialists to ensure that businesses are working with the right suppliers at the right price. Hospitality Meets is delighted to partner with the Zero Procure team and their network to help keep this podcast accessible and free to listen to. Please get in touch with them for a chat. Just click on their link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Niall Kingston, General Manager of the world-class Le Manoir au Cat Saison. Coming up on today's show... Niall proves the old it's not what you know, it's who you know theory. My mum knew the HR manager because she was from our hometown, right. so got in the back door. Phil gets driven to drink. Let's get the spirits trolley. And Niall discovers a fairly comprehensive leak. First floor, full of water. Second floor, full of water. Third floor, full of water. All that and so much more as we chat through Niall's superb story and journey so far. Niall and I talk about leadership a lot in our chat and quite frankly could have probably filled the entire chat with that. Nevertheless, he's built a cracking career so far and talks with great humility about the luck that he believes he's had throughout his career. But as I've said before on this show, there's no luck without hard work and talent. And to take the reins at Le Manoir at the age of 31, Niall is living proof that if you're good enough, you're old enough. One final thing, don't forget to hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Enjoy. And a huge hospitality meets welcome to Niall Kingston. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good, good. How's, uh, well, tell the world who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so my name's uh, Niall Kingston. Uh, I'm the general manager of Le Manoir Cat Saison, uh, a little beautiful country house in Oxfordshire and for those of you that haven't visited please come yeah. um, <laughs> plug nice plug yeah yeah we any opportunity to sell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's me in a nutshell how's uh, how's life in general out in the, the countryside life is great I grew up in the countryside love the countryside uh, so I feel like this is a, an extension of home for me really uh, Le Mans was a special place but I love it here it's, re- it's really stunning Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, at this time of year as well, with a little sprinkling of snow that we've just had, it seems like Le Manoir was absolutely born to be snow-driven. Yeah, it's quite enchanting, I have to say, when you, uh, and mesmerising when you walk around, you're kind of, you know, wow, do I really work here? Yeah. Is this, do these places actually exist? So yeah, it's, it's pretty picturesque, so we're, we're super lucky to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's picturesque even when there's not snow, but yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I've been lucky enough to be in here uh, a couple of times. I've actually eaten twice and done a cookery school as well. So well, I'm sure I quite you, like it here. <laughs> yeah, you, you you might know it better than me then. But it is, you know, it is the house of four seasons. It's in the name. Uh, people kind of forget that, you know, cat season, you know, it's uh, four seasons. So, I mean, it's magic at any, any time of the year. So it's, as I said, I, I sometimes I have to pinch myself that I even work here because it is such an incredible, beautiful place. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I mean, let's let's get to it. Yeah. How did you get into hospitality in the first place? So I got into hospitality when I was about 16 or so. It all started off when basically I grew up on, on a farm. My dad was a builder and, you know, we always worked. You know, th- that was, you know, part of the course and we loved doing it. We always worked out on the farm, helped out, did what we, you know, our chores, so to speak, and really loved that. And it was fantastic growing up. You know, growing vegetables, meat, etc. You know, it was it was a real eye opener. But as I said, my dad was also a builder, and on the weekends he used to make us go help him. And you know, I hated it. 
you know, I, I genuinely hated it. And, you know, I got to around the age of 15, 16. I was like, enough's enough. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I don't want to do it. Don't like it. And it isn't that I couldn't do it. I just didn't want to do it. Um, well, good that you learned that yeah, quickly, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. And, you know, my brother loved it and he took over my dad's business and he's, you know, super successful. Right. Okay, going, right? Yeah. And then, so the option of not doing something on the weekend wasn't an option. So I was sent over to to a, a little hotel not far from our house for a weekend job. And I was doing everything and anything. It was from, you know, helping out around the pool deck, you know, squidging down all the way through to glass collecting, to helping prep veg, to making beds. So it was a bit of a do whatever. Yeah. It was one of those hotels. It was family run, you know, three-star hotel. Everyone mucked in, real family atmosphere. And, you know, from there, absolutely fell in love with it. You know, exam time came around when I was 18. What did I want to do in uni? Didn't have a clue. Right. So this, I is, said, this is a running theme on this podcast, actually. Apart from Benoit, I have to say, who knew like the yeah. age of like two that yeah, he, he was going to be a pastry with, chef. You know, with a baguette and yeah, <laughs> running around. I'm going to be a pastry chef. Yeah. I'm going to be a baker. <laughs> yeah, Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I put down business and hotel management because I didn't genuinely know what I wanted to do. And I had an interest in that. And I was like, you know, hospitality is great. You know, I really like it. Is there something else I could be doing? Maybe, but I'll do this for now. It's business, so it opens a lot of doors. It's hospitality, opens even more doors. So it was quite a general uh, side of things. And started studying it, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And yeah, did four years in in, in uni, studying business hotel management. Whereabouts was this? Which uh, in Cork. In Cork, in, right. In, uh, an institute, Cork Institute of Technology. Yeah, and then the rest is history, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to skirt over it that yeah. much, but um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, you went and studied it. Was that through the academic process of that? Did you start to think, yeah, I could, mm. this is actually quite interesting. It was both actually. It was a great, the course I think was laid out really well for the, for the most part. It's like any course, you know, some will love pieces and you'll hate other pieces. But first year in the summer, part of it was you had to work in hospitality. And in the third year, again, six-month placement, you have to work in hospitality. Right. Um, and if you wanted to complete the course, you had to get out there into the operation and you had to do an operation role. And I think that marriage of, you know, university books, 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 which I absolutely hated and loved the operational side. Yeah. I think it was great, you know, great to get a real taste for it. And... I mean, that's the key thing, isn't it? That's the key because the reality is in any industry... You know, you, everyone, I think, you know, people go to university and they have these aspirations to be top of the class, you know, top of the, top of the world when they come out, best job, best position. The reality is that doesn't happen without hard work. And you come out of uni and you might have the best degree in the world, but you do need to put in the groundwork in the industry, no matter what field, yeah. you know, hospitality, you need to understand the operation to run the business, same as you need to, as a doctor, you need to understand a surgery before you can run a surgery. Yeah. You know, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And my first year, I was lucky enough to get a really great placement in, you know, one of the top hotels in Ireland at the time. And which my lecturer told me I couldn't go, funnily enough. Um, and I said, well, I'll prove you wrong. I can go there. Right. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes you know. that's the fire you need, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like somebody to say. Yeah, he told me he couldn't go. It was a Swiss-owned hotel. They only take Swiss students on placement. And I was like, well, I'm going to go there because that has won the best hotel in Ireland this year. So I'm going there. And he was like, well, you can try, but, you know, I'll help you best I can. 
but that is what I've been told the last three years running. And anyway, my funny story is my mum knew the HR manager because she was from our hometown. Right. So I got in the back door. Very well. It's <laughs> the old uh, not what you know, right? Yeah. That, that applies at any stage in your career, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and he asked me how, how I did it, and I was like, never you mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my placement, loved it. Then, you know, did year two, did year three, had a really good job at that point. By year three, I was doing working for a five-star hotel in the city, doing a bit of everything, but kind of supervisory role. And I worked up with them. I actually stayed with that family for six years, and I worked up to be the assistant hotel manager there. Uh, through that transition right. it was quite a quite a journey it was a one of these places where it was a five-star hotel but it was run on a, a shoestring staffing and you have to do everything and you have to you know love it and, and and really put in the time and the effort yeah and I did and I invested myself in it completely some good some bad you know I, I overworked myself a couple of times but I suppose I, it, it's a good it, Good experience in some ways, though. Like you always talk about the the overwork; it's massively important. You look after yeah, yourself, of course. Completely. But at the same time, if your learning experience is incredible and you're 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 picking up new things all of the time, you don't probably at the time it feels like it might be tough, but actually you you maybe don't realize how important that section was to you. Yeah, no, I actually do, and people always ask me. They go, you know, you're quite young to be where you are, and Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. It's not from. It's not my place to answer that question, really. Yeah, well, uh, you can't control the age thing, can you? No, you can't. And there are, there's a reality to you know. I look back on, for example, the six years I spent with this hotel. I move on to the other hotels that I worked in uh, later. But the reality is that I put in a lot of time and effort there. I look back. I reflect on it. Do I regret some things? Yeah, there's certain things I do regret. You know, did I work too much? Uh, you know. Sometimes, yes, I did. But equally, I learned and I learned and I learned and I don't regret the learning. Mm. And, you know, did that fast track me? No idea. I have, you know, with anything in, in life, you need luck. And I've been very lucky to work in great properties and to be given opportunities. And, you know, luck and timing is, is an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, I left there and I was kind of a bit burnt out, so to speak. So I took some time off and I went to Vancouver up and left as one does, <laughs> you know, you know, I was, Natural. yeah, you know, I was 20, 25 going on 26. And I was like, you know what? If I don't leave Ireland now, I'm never going to leave. Right. You know, if I, I could stay here, great property, I'm growing, you know, I'm getting promoted, 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 promoted. And the family were really good to me. And I love, I loved it. You know, I really love that. I still love that property. Yeah. But, you know, would I go back in a heartbeat? And that's kind of one thing I would always say to people that are getting into the industry, you know, never burn your bridges when you leave a place because you never know. Yeah. It's the age old saying, you know, you need everyone on the way up, so don't burn them because on the way down, yeah. <laughs> you need a soft fall. Yeah. Um, and, there's, and that happens for everyone. But I went off to Vancouver for a year with no job. And... I would recommend no one to do that ever because that was a very difficult month when I got there. Um, you, so from a visa perspective, did you? Yeah, I had got the visa and right, I'd gone okay. through the whole process. And, you know, so I went off to Vancouver, you know, saying, right, I'm going to get international experience because that in hospitality you need. 
you know, in, yeah. in lots of ways. Well, Vancouver's it, always voted like the best place to live in the world as yeah. well, isn't it? Incredible city, honestly, yeah. incredible city. And if anyone, you know, has the opportunity to go, I would say in our heart, you know, absolutely go because, yeah. wow, amazing city. It's one of those cities where I think it's one of the only cities in the world. And this is, this is when I think back, you know, what's the first image that jumps into my mind? You're walking down the main street of one, you know, this massive cosmopolitan city, high rises all around, and you look left, and there's snow-capped mountains, yeah. and you look right, and there's the ocean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, wow, wow, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, you're definitely selling it. And, and then, you know, I went without the job, whatever, thought I, you know, foolishly, youth, you know, <laughs> lack of experience in, in, in life experience, you know, full of work experience, lacked life experience. So went to Vancouver, get some work and life experience, didn't have a job and I couldn't get one. Right. Okay. And Do you know the, the thing about the lack of life experience, I think it's, it's massively important, massive. but also the like naivety is, is a really, really positive trait. Oh, it's amazing. Have, like the blindness yeah. of let's go and let's just go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, naively <laughs> and, you know, or wet behind the ears, as my mother would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I went off thinking I would walk into a job. Great five star experience, you know, assist number two to the general manager of where I was. Incredible experience, I thought. Mm. Didn't. The reality sets in. Vancouver is an expensive city. It's an amazing city, but it's expensive. Right. So the savings were being burned through. And yeah, I was like panicking. You know, I wanted to get a job. I needed to get a job, but I wanted to get a good job. I didn't want to get an average job. Yeah. I want to work in five stars. That was always the commitment I made when I, when I went to college and I got my placement in the five-star hotel. I knew luxury was for me. Right. I just knew. Yeah. You know, and I never, I've never looked back from luxury. I love it. Love the five star, love the detail, love all that. Anyway, I digress. I was in Vancouver, couldn't get a job. And I started emailing all the HR managers, got no response. Walking in, handing my CVs, got no response. So then I started harassing them on LinkedIn. And finally, one guy agreed to meet me for a coffee. And you know, I was very honest with him. I said, I came here, thought I'd get a job struggling to get a job and I need a job and I'm willing to do anything. I have great experience. You can see my experience. I'm really hands-on, really operational. And yeah, he, 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 he did take a punt on me. You know, a week later he said, I have a job. Come on over. You're going to help us do this. And he gave me a title of F&B consultant. Whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. I said, as long as you're paying me, I don't care. I'll do whatever <laughs> you want. I'll uh, make beds. Wash floors, whatever. But you had your, the the courage of your conviction, like to pursue the luxury thing. That's the like like it would have would have been very easy. I I would imagine at that point to the pressures of life are getting on top of you because money's running out, and you know I just need a job, and yeah. so you then drop the standard, etc. In terms of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I'd mulled it over. Am I going to get a job? And if I was getting a job like that, I wasn't working in hospitality. Yeah. I was committed to the cause. I was committed to my cause, rightly or wrongly. Mm. And he brought me in as an F&B consultant. I worked with the director of F&B. It was uh, the Rosewoods Hotel Group, uh, Hotel Georgia in Vancouver. Stunning property. Not bad at all, yeah. Yeah, stunning property. Like, really, really stunning. 
and yeah, they, they, they had their own problems like everyone else. You know, we all have problems. And I was basically a support to the director of F&B. He had some F&B managers under him. And I was helping with trading and guiding and management and slotting in where needed. Mm. And it was there I really learned, you know, in, Ameri- in North America, you have to work with unions, you have to work. And it was great learning. It was really an eye opener. Only imagine, yeah. Um, and I got on really well with unions. Funnily enough, you know, I was very honest, very, you know, we can do this, we can't do this. And all of a sudden, you know, after a few months, I was doing really well because I was getting on with all the weight staff that were in the union. I was getting on with all the F&B team that was within the union. And I kind of became chief negotiator between the union and the hotel management, the executive committee. Right. And then they had one kind of failing business that was downstairs. It was this like, it's called Prohibition. It's like beautiful it wasn't a nightclub but it was a late bar jazz lounge you know and you had to knock on the door to get in really downstairs really dark yeah kind of it was beautiful but they never got it you know it just wasn't it just wasn't working right so i took that upon myself as a project to make it work and i did you know it took me a few months but i got it working you know i got some great bands in we got some great people coming through um and and you just make it work you know you make it work and i've had some great times there I mean, you know, we we really filled that place with fantastic people that were looking to enjoy themselves, and and it was it was fun. Uh, well, the reputation feeds out then, doesn't it? As well, like as soon as you start getting known for a good experience, yeah, especially in these like cosmopolitan cities, you know, yes, yeah. people are always looking for the new thing, aren't yeah, they? and even yeah. if that might have been the old thing, but it's a it's a refreshed new thing, yeah, but yeah, it's you know, it was just an incredible time. Um, Vancouver and then I got a job opportunity back in Ireland to be deputy general manager of the Europe Hotel uh, in Clarny fantastic property and I snapped at it so I went back yeah and I don't regret going back uh, either loved Vancouver you know would recommend Vancouver to anyone but it's you know my career I put first and I could have stayed there and had a lovely lifestyle etc 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 but when I had the opportunity to go back, top five star hotel within Ireland, deputy GM, and answering into a managing director was like three properties. I was like, wow. Can't turn this down. Can't turn this down. And you know, I was working in Europe. I was only there a year and a half. And a hotel manager role came up here at Le Manma. And Le Manma is one of a few properties I have internally in my head that I've always wanted to work for because they're, in my view, the pinnacle. Right. Yep. Okay. And I can I understand like, that wow, I could never work for that property. I was like, you know what? I'll apply for hotel manager. I'm sure, you know, on a month of Sundays, I won't get it. But if I don't try, you know, then I won't be able to, um, I won't be able to, to progress. Yeah. So I applied, long story short, I ended up getting the job and I couldn't believe myself. How long ago was this? That was back in 2019. Okay, good timing. Good timing. <laughs> yeah, and as I said earlier, timing is, you know, something that is really, really incredible. Yeah. And I came here, and the general manager at the time, Evelyn North, fantastic lady, great mentor. And she was super inclusive. Learned a lot from her because she was so inclusive, and that was always the management style I was looking for. And she basically taught me 
many things. But if I come back to the timing part, you know, COVID hit. She had, and you know, she had to take a little bit of time off over COVID, so I got the opportunity to stand in as acting GM. And yeah, you know, I was acting GM for over a year nearly, and then you know, she decided to leave the business, and then I got promoted to general manager. So you know, timing was so I was literally a hotel manager for a very short time here, right? Before I get actually got promoted to GM, and you know, luck and timing really was. Lot of yes, I've some you know I've some experience and all of those things, but luck, you know, really really fed fed into that and timing. And but I mean the, the old cliche of you make your own luck, right? I mean uh, you've put yourself into this position and and good things have happened to you. And you, there's no way in the world that one you would have got the job if you didn't have something to offer. And you know you you said yourself that this place has has got a a special place in your heart, even before you walk through the door. Yeah. You know, what better play, What better person to be a GM of a, of a property than somebody who obviously deeply cares about it? Yeah, and I love this place. You know, this is, the, you know, Le Mans was a place when you walk through the gates, you know it's special. Yeah. And is it for everyone? Absolutely not. But, you know, I grew up on a farm, growing vegetables, really appreciating food and all of those ethics that, Le Manoir is, you know, mm. everyone thinks the heart of Le Manoir must be the two-star Michelin kitchen, but it's not. It really isn't. Yeah. The heart of Le Manoir is the gardens, because that's where we grow the vegetables that go on the place that the diners eat and yeah. enjoy. So the heart of Le Manoir is the gardens, and I love the gardens here. I'm obsessed with them, nearly as much as Raymond, but not as much because, yeah. you know, right, he started right, yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, me, I love, and, you know, I love Raymond. He's, he's an, an amazing guy. He, he's quite an, he is such an obsession with everything he does. Yeah. You can't but buy into it. But I think me and him really see eye to eye in terms of, you know, he really respects that I know and love gardens uh, in terms of growing. And we, we both really appreciate what Le Manoir actually is and what we're trying to do here. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to do, we do certain things very, very well. We're not trying to cater for the whole market, but we do what we do really well. And, you know, we just want to make this the best place in the world. Yeah. And that's probably for most people they hear that and they might say, oh, wow, well, that's a, it's, it's quite a big aspiration, but aspirations are what push you forward in my, in my opinion. I mean, it's all here, right? It has endless and boundless potential, right? And it, and if you look at what it has been to what it now is as well, like it, it's so it's clear that you guys continue to evolve. Yeah. And you're right. The gardens are, Special. I remember the first time I came here to eat, my wife bought me lunch for my 30th birthday. 30th? Something like that, anyway. And she'd organised with the gardener to give us a tour of the gardens before we had lunch. Mm. And it was, uh, there's just something a little bit extra special about seeing something in the ground and then actually seeing it on your plate like an hour later. It was, um, yeah, very, very special. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, as I said, when you walk through the gates of Manway, you know you're somewhere special. Yeah. And, you know, I always say to the team, we're a family here. And I always say to the new starters, we're a family here. And people might say that's a bit weird. And you can see they look at me a bit funny when I say that. But we are. And hospitality is, you know, in reality, we are a big family. And we're a big community. We're a small community in, in, in other ways. But here at Le Manoir, our team is a family. 
and you know i think a great kind of shed on the light of family and you know what makes hospitality hospitality is people yeah and connections totally and like you know when covid happened and i don't want to talk about covid very much because it's come it's gone um people have very mixed opinions on it i lived here while the hotel was closed right it's not a bad house not a bad house <laughs> and people always say wow you're so lucky to live in the manoir for the best part of a year and yeah it was it had its benefits but it had its negatives as well let me tell you the man was not special and there's no people yeah it's a house bricks and mortar some grounds that i had to cut the lawns and run around <laughs> like a crazy man with the garden team and a, a you know a skeleton staff crew to keep this place alive yeah but without people it's not special yeah, there's no life and there was a life lesson for me where hospitality and i knew it already but it was a real eye opener to the to the reality of a business is a business but a hotel a restaurant hospitality is people yeah and that's why this industry this future of this industry is actually incredible because you can't replace it with robots. You can do it for certain things. Yeah. But you're never going to get that level of experience. And, you know, we do so many things great and we're fantastic at like giving out to ourselves. We did that wrong. We did that wrong. We did that wrong. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of, and I do it myself. We forget the days that there was no complaint or there was nothing that went wrong mm. and we did amazingly well. And to be honest, that's 90% of the time or 99% of the time. And we kind of forget to reflect on the days where everything was perfect and we did everything perfect and all the accolades and all of the everything that we win or achieve together as a family. Forget. And, you know, sometimes... And get the industry is very good at focusing on the negative rather than the positive. And there's so many positives within this industry. There's way more positives than negatives. But I think the, the, the sort of the focus on the negative from an internal perspective probably comes from this desire to be perfect. And none of us can be ever. But if, we, if we're pushing towards trying to achieve it, at least, when something does go wrong in that, then, you know, it... it Initially, it can feel devastating. Initially, it can just you know, throw you a little, but at the same time, it's you know it's it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's just a, it's an inevitable part of what we do, and you know you, you learn from all of the the negative stuff as much as you do from the good. When stuff stuff is good, and actually, when you look at your journey so far to this point, you've you kind of thrown yourself into. I suppose, ideas of what you want to do with your, your the next part of your career. But at no time, like I, I sensed in all of the roles that we've discussed so far, the time where you feel like it's too comfortable, like it's too easy, that's the time that I need to crack on. And I think that's, that's massively important because, what is it, it's comfort the enemy of progress or something? Yeah. Like that? Is that yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, you can never coast, you know, great thing i suppose a great comment raymond says quite regularly is we might achieve excellence today and you try we always strive to touch excellence but the reality is you can never touch excellence yeah that's the reality you can't touch it and even if you get very very close to touching it today well 
tomorrow you need to try even harder <laughs> yeah um because what bar now. yeah because what was excellent yesterday is actually old news yeah you know and that's uh, and that's what keeps you going that's what pushes you forward you need to keep pushing every day and you need to enjoy doing it and it's, i think it's when that day comes where you don't enjoy pushing forward or trying to move the needle then i think you need to look at something that will you know allow you to be happy and move that needle yeah because if you're not i think in a leadership role if you're not pushing forward then why would people buy into you yeah you know the, uh, and then that's going to be a negative for you it's going to be a negative for the team it's going to be a negative for the business and nobody wins actually yeah you'd be happier if you went and found something that made you want to push forward and the team would be happier because they'd have someone that they could or someone internally would grow into it so i think for me i've only ever left jobs when i probably have felt that i can't give any more here positively and sometimes that's me and sometimes that's people above me yeah you know there's sometimes when you're in a leadership role but there's people above you that don't allow you make these push you know let you push the business forward and the teams forward um because they like it their way or whatever and that's fine you know that's fine if the leader above you wants to do that and you can only you know you can only push a roadblock so far with at a certain level mm. sometimes you need to leave to 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 push forward and i've you know ever left a a job because of either bad leadership or i've left because i can't give any more positively yeah yeah, 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 and I think that that's the thing, right? There's another cliche out there, isn't there, around the fact that nobody ever leaves a job; they leave a boss, uh, yeah. or or or. I mean, in that situation, I suppose that's that's not specifically true. If you've if you've gotten to the the end of all, you know, anything that you can learn from this position, yes, would would a good boss spot that before you and encourage you to leave? Good point. Yeah, and I've had those people in my life. Yeah. which I've been very lucky. Again, back to luck. I've had great leaders in my life. Um, I haven't had many bad ones, but I have had some great leaders in my life. Yeah. And, you know, they will spot when you're ready and they'll encourage you to leave. Yeah. Uh, and that's a negative for the business in certain ways, but you know what? Business needs reinvention. Yeah. But it needs reinvention. Totally. And what you said earlier on about uh, the fact that you you leave don't ever burn your bridges. It's the same for companies, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I've spoken to uh, to so many people about this point around if if it's time for somebody to move on, like if you can't help their growth or help them move forward, let them go with a big fat blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, don't get in 100%. their way because they could come back in five years or they 100%. could come back as the GM or whatever, yeah. you know? Or your boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or your boss. Don't ever, like, you know, I always tell people, don't ever, ever, like, think you're better than someone. No one's better than anyone. We're all here to do a great job. We're all here to do it together, you know, get involved together, move forward as a team, as a family. And I think in certain ways, positions are a bit irrelevant because I can't do my job without a gardener here, for example, Mm. because we have a lot of gardens. (laughs) No no doubt. And I've tried very hard over COVID to take on a lot of the gardening and it's too much for one person. I can reassure everyone. (laughs) So, you know, with that analogy, yes, I may be the GM here 
if I don't have a fantastic team, then I can't do anything. You know, people say to me, I kind of, that's probably more I say to them. If you take a waiter, they spend 90% of their job with the guest. Front-facing, hosting, sharing stories, you know, making the guest experience incredible. Now, I can assure you one thing. If that waiter is not happy, the guest will not be happy. Yeah. I love spending time with guests. It's, you know, one of the big things why I got in, you know, into this industry. People, people, people. I love being, talking to people, chatting to people. The realities of a GM role now, you know, you're, we're running big businesses and it's a versatile role. And, you know, you're problem solving, you're financier, you're <laughs> everything in between. Yeah. So I spend probably 10% of my time with guests. So if I'm not happy... Guests will still probably be happy because the waiter's happy. Yeah. But if the waiter isn't happy, or the reception isn't happy, or all those frontline team members that it makes to make an incredible experience, they're not happy. Then I can reassure you, the business will not thrive because the guests won't be happy. You'll lose market share. And it's difficult to get back. And it's very difficult. It's yeah, a yeah. hard hill to climb. Yeah. And I put a lot of time and effort into making sure our team is as happy as possible. Do me and Raymond get it right? Well, we're lucky now that we have an amazing HR team that do so many things right. And we do a lot of things right. But do we do everything right? No, we don't. Yeah, but nobody business does. Do we try harder every day? Yeah. You know, we, we, we absolutely do. And we reinvent. And I suppose that leads very much into, I think if industry people hear what I'm going to say next, they might say, some will agree, some will disagree. I firmly believe hospitality, you know, we're, we're in a crisis right now, but I can't help but, you know, when I really think what happened, I think we've self-harmed as an industry since the beginning of time. If you go back, you know, years, you know, someone would open the pub or whatever, you know, years and hundreds of years back and they wanted to get in people to help them, they would have got them in as cheaply as possible. Yeah. And you fast forward to modern businesses to where they, we are today. Well, picking up the pieces of that. Yeah, yeah we, we're all to blame in, in, in certain ways. And, you know, as a, as, a, as a whole, as a hospitality, you know, world, global, you know, community, we all need to wake up and smell, smell the coffee. Mm. So, yes, we try hard here to do things better, to be to forge ahead, to try to show the industry that we can do things. And yeah, we need to be agile and we need to try new things and we need to try things that are out of the box. And will they all work? No, they won't. But some will. Yeah. And it's only by doing that that we can move forward as an industry. Because totally. if everyone keeps the view of, well, I'm not getting into hospitality because the hours are crap, the pay is crap, well then, are we meant to get people? Yeah. You know, and yeah, if there's one business, a perfect business, which it doesn't exist somewhere in the world where all the staff are 100% happy, all the guests are 100% happy, and they have 100% retention of their team, and you know, well, there's a, that doesn't exist. Mm. But there's a lot of great businesses out there that do a lot for people, and that's fantastic. Yeah. And we can learn from each other, and we can be better. We need to be better. And that's what I try to do here every day. I try to make this place the best place in the UK, in Europe, in the world to work 
because I want to have the best people here and I want to look after them. And and in turn, they it, will yeah. give your guests the greatest experience. Yeah. But, you know, the guest, you know, in certain ways is secondary mm. because if you don't have the right team, then the guest, there's no point inviting guests to come stay. Yeah. Well, then you come back to the, the argument of Le Manoir then just becomes bricks and mortar with yeah. the wrong people in it. Exactly. Um, and, and nobody's coming for that. Exactly. And, you know, we want people to come here and we want it to love it, Le Manoir, as much as we do. Yeah. And Le Manoir is loved by all. And it's an amazing special place. But we work hard to keep it like that. Yeah. And I would only hope that all our team members feel the same way. And yeah, I speak to them a lot. I speak to them a lot, a lot, a lot to make sure they are happy. And I can't, I can't make everyone happy. And I, I refuse to make everyone happy because mm. you can't bend over backwards for everyone because it needs to be kind of one rule for all as well. There needs to be some fairness there. But yeah, there's a reality to it. But, you know, I think it's, it's you can put the foundations of what people can expect from you as a leader in play. And they're non-negotiables and these are the things that you ask people to as, you know, aspire to be every single day yeah. so everybody knows what they're playing with and then around that people also have to take responsibility for themselves 100%. and that's the you know it's so it is a two-way street it's not just about the business getting it 100% right all the time it's about the the individuals coming to that party yeah and you know what in some ways we probably have swung too far you know, in certain decisions, you know, we've made decisions here where we thought it was the right thing. And after a month or two, we realized it really wasn't. Yeah. We had to, you know, go back. And I'm the first person to say, you know what, made a mistake there. I apologize. Let's, let's, you know, we have to go back. We have to go back for whatever reason. Mm. But you need to have that humility. You need to be able to apologize. I don't get it right all the time. Yeah. I don't claim to get it right all the time but I try really hard to get it right all the time. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's about having the positive intention, right? I mean, yeah. even negative stuff happens even when the, with the greatest positive intention. So, but as long as that intention is there, that's the important thing. Yeah, great. I mean, I feel like we could probably chat business and leadership until yeah. the cows come home. Uh, it was a little farm analogy for you. <laughs> but back to story. From your career so far, do you have any uh, any funny stories that you, you can share with us? This is a, a funny slash horrendous story that okay. I'm going to share with you. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that works. And it, I think it depends on who you were. Right. So it was equally horrendous and funny for me when I reflect back on it. Yeah. So in one of the properties, I'm not going to name which property, and this happens everywhere anyway, we were doing a wedding, and I was in charge of the wedding. Okay. And we were... Just about to send main course. So we just clear starters, main course, just about to go. I walk out, through the door, two plates, bride and groom, look left, and the wall was literally like a waterfall. Water leak. Well, and leak not, doesn't and, cover it. And not the vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. And a leak does not cover it. And I just like, oh. Uh, so I reverse, you having a good re wedding? reverse back into the kitchen, <laughs> come back out, over to Brian Groom. I'm really sorry. I need to go and fix this. So I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and we're going to make this better. I need to go and fix it. So I'm sorry, I have to leave the room. Mm. And they were panicking and they were giving out. And rightly so. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, 
run upstairs, go in between, you know, there, there's little access hatches between, well, there was access hatches in this hotel between some of the rooms. And first floor, full of water. Second floor, full of water. Third floor, full of water. Fourth floor, basically the pipe that was going into the back of the shower had come off. So the full pressure of all the water was coming out on the fourth floor and going down through all these access hatches like a waterfall and have made a beautiful water feature within the banqueting space. <laughs> Nicely put, yes. And then I was running around looking for the cutoff because, of course, it wasn't in there. No, no, it was in the floor below. So cut off these access hatches you could physically get in. You could squeeze in. And I was in there, knee-deep in water, turning the water off and then getting a bucket in each floor and running it into one of the vacant rooms and pouring it into the bat. And I come down wet, completely wet. I walk in to the bride and groom. I say, it stopped. This is what we're going to do. And I turned around to the deputy general manager of the hotel and I said, get the spirits trolley and let's go in there with it. Yeah. And we, we took it in and you know what? We, we really turned it around. Obviously, they were upset. Some guests got misplaced. We had to move them into another room and look after them. And we did look after them. We looked after them really well. Yeah. We did turn it around and it did become a bit of a running joke. Uh, but that was probably one of the worst things and funniest things. In- yeah. Well, when you said, uh, let's get the spirits trolley, I was thinking to myself, yeah, and then you'll have a couple yourself. No, no, no. And then no, no. <laughs> for, for, the for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah, no. So that that's a, a silly story that... You know, I, yeah. I shared that time. But they're everywhere, aren't they? I mean, those everywhere. kind of stories. That, that, you know, it, that, but that's the, it's almost like it's the, the horrible side, but the joyful side as well, because, you know, it gives you an opportunity to learn something new and it gives you the opportunity to make somebody feel good again when they've perhaps come off that, you know, elation feeling on the, yeah. their, their special day. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know... I quite like a crisis, I have to say. You know, it kind of gets you out of your day to day. I didn't get into this industry for like nine to five, Monday yeah. to Friday, do, 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 say, you know, same thing. Yeah. I, I actually kind of like a crisis, obviously, as long as there's a nice ending to them like this. Yeah. A bit of a crisis, you know, gets, gets the day going for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a funny story. And silly things I've done along my way, you know, the age old story, bartender, panicked, flustered, sticks a glass into the ice bucket for unknown reason because like you always use the ice scoop yep you know panicked running around glass into the ice breaks of course because it's glass on ice and then you have to clear it all out clear it all out start afresh and you know you're tin deep at the counter great yeah (laughs) yeah i think everybody's got a a a bartender story haven't they that's uh, ever worked their their way within a within bar yeah yeah Nice one. Um, what would be your, your top three reasons as to, to why somebody should come and join hospitality as a career? It's diverse. You can travel anywhere in the world. And it's, it's a fun industry. It's fun. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's their top three for me. It's a great industry. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because you're still on the up and up yeah. in, your, in your career. How long have you been general manager now? Um, a year now. A year now. Um, yep. An acting GM, a year and a half. Right, so. okay. So, yeah, two and a half years, basically, then, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, so I've, I've as I said, I've, and before this, I was, you know, deputy GM, great, really senior role, 
big hotel, 200 bedrooms, you know, big resort. So yeah, I've been very lucky. Yeah. What's next for Le Manoir? What's, What's next for Le Manoir? Well, we've got planning permission and we're going to go through probably, well, no, sorry, it will be the biggest change Le Manoir has ever had uh, in, in, in 2024 and 2025. We're going to inject quite a lot of money into Le Manoir and you know, reinvest and put Le Manoir at new heights. Right. Well, that sounds very interesting. It is. I'm going to have to come back again. You'll have to do, uh, you'll have to do one on that. <laughs> uh, I can't share too much as of now, but we will be, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do something really special. Well, because it's not special enough. No. Yeah. Can't, <laughs> but, can't but rest on your laurels. That's, no, that's the, the, the ethos, isn't it? Keep, keep pushing for perfection, keep pushing for better and excellence, as I think you quoted earlier on. Yeah, um, it's all about excellence. Yeah. You know, excellence and excellence can be viewed in many ways. Some people say, oh, that's kind of snobby. It's not actually. Because if you go to the supermarket and you get great service and you feel, that's great, that's an excellent supermarket, isn't it? Yeah. You know, or excellent cafe or an <laughs> totally. excellent whatever. Simple, you know? but yes. Yeah, you can you can walk into a car showroom and people can, the salespeople can snob you off or they can be super inviting. Yeah. You know, excellence is everywhere. It's all around us. Yeah. Excellence and kindness. That's what it's all, you know, for me is it's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Could not agree with you more. I think uh, kindness doesn't get enough press. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, sell as many newspapers. No, regrettably not. Niall, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. I look forward to finding out what Le Manoir has in store for us. And um, I'll, uh, I'll be keeping a, a very yep. close eye on that. And um, wish you well through the winter months and, and into 2023. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. Take care. Bye now. Cheers. Well, that was your starter for our finale week ahead. And what a great way to kick off the week. Niall has built himself a fabulous career so far and it was brilliant to get some time with him. We'll be back on Wednesday at 8pm with the main course, none other than the legend that is Raymond Blanc. You absolutely will not want to miss that. <laughs>